This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Alice Living, best-selling author, personal trainer, and host of Give Me Strength, where we discuss the positives of living a stronger life physically and mentally with the hope to inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Give Me Strength. My guest today is a British Olympian. She is a personal trainer and lifestyle coach and also a great friend of mine. Um, She is a busy mum of three and she's someone who I have gone to so many times when I've just needed inspiration, motivation and also just a massive hug in human form. She's incredible and I just couldn't wait to have her on the podcast because I feel like there's so much that we can dig into today when it comes to positivity, what we can do to overcome our fears, and how our past sort of should and shouldn't define our future. Uh, We're going to discuss a lot today and I really hope that you come out of this conversation just feeling a little bit happier and a little bit better about yourself and I know that Michelle is the person to do that so I'm so grateful to have her here. Michelle, how are you doing my love? Hello my gorgeous lady. You, Alice, I tell you I've told you from day one you are such a joy to be around and when I do see you I do squeeze you up. You are absolutely right. I squeeze you up like my little sister. So thank you for having me on. I'm great. I have some personal things going on in my life, which I'm very transparent about. Because in life, I think the important thing to do is to let people know the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, but actually let people know the realness about who you are. You know, we go along with this brave face, stiff upper lip, but actually sometimes we're feeling vulnerable. We're feeling sad and that's okay too. So I think that's how I want to start the podcast. And and I think it's so important, you know, when, when, when we go through life and we sort of say, oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? My default is always going, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, even on the days where I'm not fine. And I know there's more of a focus now on us sort of really opening up, but it's also difficult to know when and how to do that, you know? And I think you're someone who's done a lot of work in in the space of life coaching and, and sort of helping people to find their true, authentic voice, I guess. Um, how do you find encouraging people to be their true self and and um, it's a big question to jump in with actually <laughs> Alice you've, <laughs> but, gone, but, but, gone to the top, you've gone straight to the Olympic medal I know oh. I know and we'll go back as well but I think seeing as you started with that it would yeah. be nice to understand you know 
I, I don't, sometimes I had a conversation with someone last week where I was really talking about what is our true authentic self? How do we know who we really are? You know, it's, we're constantly looking and I see on Instagram all these quotes and tasks and ideas of how to like really get in touch with yourself. But a lot of the time I spend my time, I guess, questioning, well, who am I? And, 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 I, and, and, and that's going to change and evolve constantly. So really, how do I connect with my authentic self and my authentic voice? Um, how do you sort of help people to, I guess, as someone who really, I feel, has their authentic voice nailed and just oozes kind of complete comfortableness in who you are? How do you encourage other people to, to find that place of kind of feeling at one with themselves? I think it's a, it's such a big question, and it and it's definitely not a one size fits all, Alison. And, and uh, but for me, you know, I would always say go back to your values. You know, so I use my values as as my compass. You know, to, to how I live my life. You know, what are my true values? So and I, one of the things I said recently with a, with a um, a workshop session I did at a big corporate company, I said if you was to pass tomorrow morning, how would you like people to remember you? Yeah, you know what what are your values? What would you like to exude? What do you showcase? And is it truly you or are you doing that to, to, for people to get the likes, for people to say, oh, she's great. So, you know, for me, I just, I am myself and I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot. So I would say to people, be yourself, show up and be yourself. And it doesn't mean, you know, don't wear your makeup, don't dress up, don't make yourself feel great. But who are you? Tap into who you genuinely are. So, you know, the first question is, who are you? And that, and that question was, what do you mean, who am I? Well, I'm a girl from Wembley who came from a working class background. And I work hard. I've seen people around me work really hard. I believe in working hard. That's what I believe in. I know that there's times when I've been sad, I've been crying, I've been tearful, but I will come out the other side. And I accept all of these emotions. It still is not going to change who I am. So I am that positive person that will come into a room and light up the room. But I'm also the person that will say to you, Alice, I'm not feeling great at the moment. I won't pretend that's probably the why. Let's say to people, don't pretend. Could you get found out? It's so much easier being you than trying to be somebody else. Definitely. And I think that, you know, completely, as you just said, sort of, we have all these chunks of ourselves that we kind of define ourselves by. So it's our upbringing and then it's yeah. what career we yeah. do and then it's who we surround ourselves yeah. with. And sometimes it can feel like you have, and I know that I've definitely been guilty of this. I've had lots of different versions of myself and not that that's a bad thing necessarily, but I've had... Alice who's Alice on Instagram and I've had Alice who's Alice with her family and I've got Alice who's Alice with Paddy and yeah. you know all my different parts of myself and I think one thing that I'm definitely working on is to try and make all of those parts of me quite kind of synergetic you know not trying let to have less of well I'm this person for this group and no, this person for these people absolutely. which can be really exhausting trying to just make myself unapologetically and authentically myself and it's hard you know we're always so easily like in default mechanism like like I said at the start of being like oh I'm fine yeah you know we're always so default to go into being the person that we mm -hmm. think people want us to be and so it is really hard to show up in a room and be yourself and I think that it does come down to asking yourself that question like who am I you know I think that those three words there who am I you know and I think you, you did you've hit the nail on the head so I am Michelle, the mum of three. I am Matthew's wife. I am the former Olympian or the Olympian. I am the businesswoman that wants to do brilliant things. I am the ambassador for three charities. But ultimately, I'm Michelle Griffith. And mm. I put Robinson on last because I was Michelle Griffith before I came Robinson. And mm. I'm the person that's been through the challenges, you know, been through the abusive relationships and things that's framed who I am. But I'm always being me, who I am. And some days, you know what, Alice? I, I turn and I stand and I look back and I think, 
look how far you've come with being your real mm. self. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that like it, it must be really amazing, I guess, to know that you've like rolled with the punches, but stayed true to yourself and been able to come out the other side and say, I'm genuinely happy with where I am and, and I'm happy with being me. Now, I want to go back because you did reference your, your um, Olympic days. Yes. And I guess you would have probably had your young years being defined as being an athlete. Yeah. And I think that can be a really tricky thing when when you're sort of put in this kind of box of, yeah. well, you must be all these things because yeah. you're an athlete who goes off to the Olympics. Yes. Um, what was that like for you? What was the kind of <clears throat> journey from, I guess, starting training and realizing you were pretty good at something to then having that ambition to take it all the way, you know, reach the ultimate goal, I guess, of getting to the Olympics. And then I guess as well, having to deal with the the difficult sides of sport. We always talk about, you know, the winning and the yeah. medals and this, yeah. this sort of stuff. But actually, it's a lot of really tough sides of sport that we don't necessarily get get shown or get get seen um, as much as, as as all the good stuff. Yeah, I, I would say if we, if we take it back to the first question there, Alice, in terms of, you know, what was that like then? You know what? It was magical. And again, you know, on reflection, and this is what I say to everybody, and it's not talking about an Olympic career, it's in anybody's career. Always look back to where you started from or where you are now. And what were the lessons yeah. you learned along the way? Because those lessons actually are the most important thing. So, you know, sport allowed me to have um, a mixture of friendships from all over, so diverse, different backgrounds, different people who I'm still connected with today. I just had a girly weekend with two of my Olympic friends and Actually, again, people that really know who you are, who have seen you, you know, on the on the track side in crushed because you didn't make a final. And still you can still 20 years later, 30 years later, have a laugh about. Do you remember when you walked to a certain nightclub and you tripped up in front of everybody and everybody's laughing at you like, oh, my God, how embarrassing. Just broken a British record and you got drug tests and you couldn't come out. So you, you laugh at all of these things that frame who you are. And what was it like? Magical. I will say to everybody, I, I am one of the luckiest people alive because I experienced that. And I know I'm not an Olympic gold medalist, but I'm my Olympic gold medalist. I did my very best. I broke barriers. I broke, I broke down the odds. I was a little girl from Wembley from a working class background that dared to dream. And did I ever imagine that I would walk into a stadium with 90,000 people? No, I didn't. I never imagined that. People said, you must have known you. Yes, I knew I had talent, but I always say hard work beats talent every day of the week. So anybody that's listening in here in their careers, remember hard work beats talent. You could be the best musician, the best mathematician, but you've hard work beats talent all the time. Having that tenacity, that resilience, they're the lessons that I took taken away from sport. They're the lessons. And yes, you are right. Injuries, when you get injured, when you get told you cannot make an Olympic final. So in 2000 at the Sydney Olympics, before the Sydney Olympics, at the trials, I had to jump. 14 metres 15 to make the Olympic team. I jumped 14 metres 14. I was staying at home. So I sat, sat in my bed and cried for a week. And this is quite a, a, a poignant story here. I sat in my bed and cried. And my mum would come up and say, Michelle, come on. My mum's my motivation. Michelle, come on. There's other days. You know, at least you're still here. Then the phone call rings. It's one of my closest friends. And she rings to say to me, I say, what's up, babe? She said, Mish, my niece has taken her life. And at that moment, you stop and you think, here I am, wallowing in self-pity, feeling sorry for my shitty self. But somebody didn't feel they had any option, no room, but to take their life. And those things frame you. And that was 23 years ago when that happened. So for me hearing that's the, the most saddest story I heard at the time, 
I piped myself out of bed. I dust myself off. And I said, right, I have an option here to keep going. And I carried on going for another six years um, and then retired. And, you know, and injuries happen to all those athletes out there that you see. You only see a snippet of the, the 100 metres of Dina Asher-Smith or a gymnast performing their vault. You don't see the, the, the tears, the struggles, the eating disorders that come behind that. You know, the, the, the things of you trying to work out with your coach and you're falling out with your coach. You, we don't see none of that. And that's why I'm very sceptical when we're slagging off footballers or whoever else out there for underperforming. We only see a small sight of the insight of the trueness and greatness that goes into those performances. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it must be one of those things where uh, it must be so hard that, you know, you feel like you give all of yourself. And I think that, you know, I've, I've had it at times where I've, I'm not going to use the word failure, but where I've not achieved something that I wanted to achieve. Yeah. And you feel like you give, I'm going to reference auditions because that was my background in musical theatre. I'd have auditions where I felt like I gave it absolutely everything. And, you know, going back to your point about hard work, there's sometimes times where you feel like you are just busting your ass Boom. and you don't get it and you don't get it. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a really hard thing to have to navigate, particularly when so much rides on it. For example, with me, you know, it was a career. It was, yes. this is a job or it's living off baked beans for the next week. Yeah. So, yeah. or month even. Um, so I think that it's difficult. And when so much is riding on it, it just must feel hard for that not to swamp your identity. And I think it's amazing, you know, and this can be re relevant to anyone who's gone after something and maybe didn't quite yeah. get their first time. Yeah. You know, what were the things that you then started to do just to put one foot in front of the other and keep yourself going? I would say the first thing that I did was looked at the bigger picture. And sometimes it's very hard when you're, when you're not getting the auditions when you or, or when you get into the audition stage, or you're going to that the line, the, the final two of a job, and you don't get picked, it's going back to think, okay, that wasn't for me. And I mm. always say, no means next opportunity. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no means next opportunity. So when you get the no, think to yourself, okay. And my mum has an amazing, amazing way of putting things to me. So I say, mummy, I didn't make that. She said, it wasn't your day today, darling. But tomorrow's another day. And I mm. always say it, and I say it on a lot of my posts, and I, a lot of my inspiration does come from my mum, which we, I will talk about until I'm dead, because that's what fuels me. So that all of those little anecdotes, those little quotes, those affirmations, and one of the things I'll say, and I tell people to write this down: "What's for you will not pass you by. If something's meant to be for you, it'll be yours, and it might not happen this year, it might not happen next year, and also it means it might be protecting you for something unfortunate." if you do take that role or that career change. So I think that's really important for all of our listeners to really understand what's for you will not pass you by and keep working hard. Keep going back to your values and your beliefs of who you are. And, you know, of course, we're all going to get self-doubt. I'm not going to sit and say, oh, no, no, no. You know, no, we all get self-doubt. Go, go back to actually does that define me? Does mean not getting that role define me? What can I do within my gift? to improve. And sometimes you can't give anything. It's somebody else's perception. And we have to understand that as well. And that's a great thing about what I love about my sport. It was, Michelle, you don't jump 14 to 15, you're not going. That's what I liked. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not going. Rather than, mm, Alice kind of, I think I like Alice's look or I kind of prefer Michelle's. I hate that objectivity, that, that objectivity, subjectivity. I like objectivity. Jump that and you're in. 
And I know that's not always easy when it comes to careers and changes and everything else. So all I say is put your best foot forward. One step at a time. What's for you will not pass you by. Love that. Absolutely love that. And I think we all need to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Now you referenced um, abusive relationships and I hope it's okay to cover this, but I know that you and I both really connected over our work that we do for Women's Aid, um, which is just like one of my favorite parts of my job. And and, I know brings both you and I so much joy, um, although being very challenging at the same time. You um, have spoken very uh, bravely about your experience of abuse with your you know time as an athlete yeah and I wondered if you could maybe talk about if you feel comfortable that experience and how you really felt like that was maybe something that as in my experience kind of defines you and doesn't define you and I you know I referenced this in my introduction about how there's some things in our past that should and shouldn't define us yeah in some ways they do because they do. how how can you ever live your life not yeah. not with that not being a part of who you are but at the same time how do you not let that define all of you? And yeah. I think it would be really nice to hear your your um, approach to that. First of all, I would say that things happen in your life that shape you. That's what I would say. They shape you. So, you you know, your insecurities that I faced when I was in my 20s was because of what I'd been through. So that, that is the truth. I'm not going to pretend. And it's how do you allow that to keep rearing its ugly head is how I'm going to frame that. And that is through finding different um, ways to manage that. So for me, and coping strategies for it to, so for me, it was going into therapy for two and a half years, being able to speak and recognize that it wasn't my fault and that, you know, actually life takes changes and, you know, you get yourself in situations that are quite hard to come out of. Um, I guess, Alice, I think my biggest thing with that would be when you're talking about being in an abusive relationship, verbally, emotionally, you know, financially, whatever it might be, it's about recognizing that sometimes that's you're, it's out of your control. You felt you was in control. And it's shame that you stay. It's pride. It's stigma. It's all of these things. And, you know, when I was, would say to somebody, you know, I was an Olympic athlete out there sponsored by Nike, Weetabix, Olympic's Aid. But at home, with the door closed, I was just the same as any other domestic abusive woman out there. You know, going through things. And my brother's actually, my eldest brother sat in the, uh, hallway at my mum's last year said, Misha, you never told me about your abusive relationships. And I said, no, I didn't. Know. I didn't. And I've never gone into it because for one, I knew my brothers would really kick off if I'm being honest. Um, but more importantly, I didn't want anybody else involved. I wanted to solve it by myself. Yay. And, and you actually do find the strength to get out of these relationships. And it could be the catalyst of what made you decide to come out then. And I would say to women, again, when you're ready, and that strength it takes you to come out of a, a relationship or to own up or say, do you know what? This is not right. That strength will hold you in, instead in anything you do in life. Because trust me, it takes strength. It takes courage. And that's me who had no children at the time. Mm-hmm. So imagine there's women that have got children who, d- who feel financially you know, dependent on somebody. That's tough. That's really tough. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Give Me Strength. Definitely. And I think that, um, you know, like I I speak about my experience a lot and I know that we've really bonded over talking about what Absolutely. we've gone through. And I don't want to sort of go too far into it because I want to focus on the positives today. Absolutely. But I, but I do think that in reference to how things can shape us in your words, um, 
I think that whether it be an abusive situation, whether it be something traumatic, and, and I truly believe that all of us carry trauma through our Amen. lives in varying degrees. And I think that it's really important to recognize that whilst that might be on a spectrum, yeah. we all deserve to have that heard and to, to be to, to know that our stories are valid. Absolutely. That's really something that I believe Absolutely. in. Um, but I think that with reference to that, allowing it to shape us but not define us you is really important. You yeah. know, giving us that colouring of who we are and that kind of, I guess, grounding of I've gone through this and it's made me who I am today. Yeah. But also I'm not going to let this define, define me. me. Yeah. I think it's it's a hard thing to do. But I think yeah, but I think it's also the most empowering thing that I've sort of learned when it comes to to my experience. I'm yeah. sure you're probably the same. Abs absolutely. And and you know that, you know, some of the things, your behaviours, your attitudes and behaviours, you know, a few years ago or 10 years ago would be because of what you've been through. So it's right. accepting that, but recognising don't let that be the barrier to hold you back into future relationships, for example. You know, or to put in the self-doubt when you go for a job. You know, oh, he told me I was no good, so I'm starting to believe that. So none. It's recognizing, almost compartmentalizing, that was then. Yes, it has shaped me. What's the lessons I learned from that? And that's why we're ambassadors. And, you know, bringing it into the positive sphere, we're, we're ambassadors. And Alice, you know, I've, you've always been an ally of mine. And you're the one that, why I'm in Women's Aid, because you're the one that said, put my name forward. So again, exceptionally grateful that, you know, for that connection. And you meet amazing women. You know, when we did that Abuse Is Not Love campaign with Mary Claire with Felix Brown, you know, the three of us were on there all had our challenges in our lives yeah. and all come along the same, you know, we came from the same, it's the same space, wait, bottom line, same space. But look at us now with three beautiful women that will kick ass in any environment, that people will re resonate with us, connect with us, and that we can make a change through our experiences. How amazing is that? A hundred percent. No, and it's been so it's been so rewarding to work with both you and Phoenix. You know, it's been really and to learn from others' experiences as well. Because I think a lot of the time, and this will be my last sort of point on abuse, but I think you can feel that um, oh, nobody else understood or felt like you know, it's, it's yeah. such a weird feeling of like because everything is so hidden, so behind closed doors. You sort of come out the other side and you think, oh, I almost need to just tell it tell someone or tell everyone that like this is what I went through it's yeah. like almost like just this hidden secretive shameful part of of your life so I know it's honestly been really rewarding um and now like moving forward so I think one thing that I love about you and it's probably a, a lesser known fact about you is is the work that you do with young girls um in the school that you're associated with um I don't know if you could share a bit because uh, I feel like there's a lot of people that will be listening that maybe have young children or uh, engage with young women um, or even just our young women themselves who yeah. want to really work on being the best versions of yeah. themselves, uh, whatever that may be. I think it'd be really nice to understand where women are right now, young women are right now in your experience and where and what you do to help them really launch themselves into the world in a positive way. And I just want to caveat this by saying, the reason why I ask this question is because in some ways it scares the shit out of me <laughs> that I may bring a daughter into this world where there is just so much. You know, I think I, I'm 29 and I feel lucky that I grew up when social media was just oh. starting. Oof. But I think where we are right now, it does scare me <laughs> and makes me think, how on earth am I going to equip, <laughs> God willing, if I have a child, my child, <laughs> to 
support themselves through what is tough shit, basically. <laughs> like, and seeing as you, you're literally on the front line of this, so I want to hear how you navigate that. I tell you what, Alice, it's um, having two beautiful daughters and a son. My daughter's 19, my other one's 16, and they're real beautiful, confident black girls, bright, really academic, really sporty, brilliant musicians, kind women who've got a voice. And I've always just said to them, girls, be yourselves. Yeah, don't watch what the le left and the right are doing. Be yourself. And that happens from home, Alice. So my, my advice to you would be, you know, when God cherishes you with a beautiful baby girl or boy, you and Paddy invest in that child with their confidence. And some of the time, I'm not saying we didn't have that confidence, that level of, of input from our parents. We just found people that weren't for us at the time. Yeah, that weren't great. But if you equip them now with their confidence, say, do you know what? Know those red flags and okay. trust in who you are. Know okay. yourself. You, that's all you can do. So I go and say to my girls, write down 10, and I say girls, people I mentor. Yeah. Write down 10 great things about you. And they stumble on that. And, you, and even if you are somebody out there now, people listening, write down 10 brilliant things about you. They'd be like, oh my God, where do I start? And they would be stuck because I've done this test. I've done it in big workshops, CEO workshops. Yeah. And they're thinking, I'm, I'm a bit stuck. And I'm like, no, you're not. What would your best friend say about you? And that opens up the doors a little bit more and that opens up the narrative and they start, yeah, get a bit more creative. It's about me always saying to them, find out your true, what makes you so special. And it could be, I'm a brilliant communicator. I'm an empath. Yeah, I'm always on time or I'm the one that can be, bring parties to life. It could be anything. I'm always there at the end of the phone. I never, I never lie. I'm loyal. It could be all of those things. Because sometimes when women are in desperate and young girls are in desperate situations, they're looking at, oh, I don't fit into a size 10 dress or my bum's too big or I've got spots. They look at all that. I said, I don't want to hear about what you, what you don't have. I want to hear what you do have. Give me the positives. Because mm. naturally, we always revert back to the negative stuff. Don't know why. Mm. I don't bloody know why, actually. Do you know why it is? It's because I feel like we're such a, a weird nation of, like, and I, this could be making a massive generalization here, but I look at Americans, and in some ways, I love their confidence. Like, not all, yeah. but a lot of Americans I come across, they always have this, like, inbuilt kind of determined, self-assured sense about them. Um, even if they don't have, you yes. know, anything else to sort of back it up. They're just like, I yes. know, I like, I'm yes. confident. And I think that, look, that's not going to be everyone. And I think, you know, I've, I've done a lot of sort of reading recently about how, you know, introverts, extroverts, people have different strengths yes. and different things about yeah. them. That, that Not everyone has to be the loudest voice in the room. Amen. Amen. But I think that that's very different, different to being in, you know, finding your inner confidence. And I think um, one of the things that I loved about what you just said was sort of, um, really connecting in with what are the what are the things that are great about me? You know, they don't have to be the best. I don't have to yeah. be the loudest voice in the room, or I don't have to be the the best looking person. I need to tap into what are my actual strengths, and I think that we struggle to do those because I think a lot of the time we see success and and greatness, I guess, on such a binary I'm level. It's like my head. 
Yeah. Do I look good? Do I have a, do I get paid a lot of money? And do I have like a wife and two kids? You know, that, that, that kind of like, you know, like what are the actual metrics by which we define success? Whereas I think the world we're living in now to define success or allow success in so many different ways yeah. that actually I really, really encourage people to tap into that sense of like finding their strengths, their own strengths. They don't have to have children. They don't have yes. to um, play the rule book how, how people have done prior to us. It's about carving their own path in alignment with their values and their successes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 100% as, and, and I think that again is recognizing and which is hard for a lot of people but again focus on what you do have what's thing what makes you great and when i've done these mentor programs i worked for jane kelly Holmes trust for years and years and years and um you know i'd have girls come onto the program this is why i i talk a lot about sport you know how sport allows people to really come out of this this shell and we're not talking being an olympic athlete we're talking about just going to a boxing club just taking up doing circuit classes just going to a fitness class yeah and you you notice that slowly after a six-week program with them, of them being active, of them feeling fitter and feeling better about themselves, yeah, they start to really tap into their confidence of what's stopping them, yeah? So allowing them to say, right, pick your teams. Uh, I, I, I don't know where to start. No, no, pick your teams. What, does your, what would a successful team look like to you? And you then start to see them open up and say, actually, a successful team would be someone that's different from me, someone that's done something different. Oh, I want that girl there. Yeah, that girl's a great swimmer. Yeah, I'm not. And I said, that's where you get it from. Recognizing that around you, everyone's got something special. And collaborative, collaboratively, that makes you guys an awesome team. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm shit at technology. That's not my gig. But I know there's some people there that will make my technology look like the best in the world. So coming together and recognizing I'm not scared to put my hand up and say, Alice, can I have some help, please? Some support, please. That's what makes success. Not being scared to reach out, not pretending you can do it all yourself. And I guess that brings us back to our earlier point of recognizing your vulnerability as well. Yeah, and, be, and being comfortable with that. And I think absolutely, I, I love this idea. And I, I read a book ages ago, but I will really terribly make a point of, um, it was Matthew Sire's book, Bounce, it's Bounce. but he referenced, it's such a great book and he references this idea that like prior to 9-11 they'd had like very, like one sort of Stanford white young grad as their kind of researcher and actually that that actually made them make many mistakes when yeah. it came to the incident of 9-11 and, yeah. and, and actually what they needed to have was a, a wildly diverse team Ego. of people that covered all bases rather than having one generic type of person who had only such a hand, small handful of experiences if actually we can have a way more diverse friendship group or uh, you know environment, working environment, yes. it actually it actually is a is a wildly positive thing, and and it means that we can really start to see the the successes in ourselves, the things that we're strong at, yeah. but also recognize successes in other people, and not see that as as a competition, but actually as a oh my god, you're great at this, and I'm good at this, and absolutely, yeah, and and that and that I think allows people to then start to grow themselves. That's the yeah. positive side of it. You then start to grow yourself because you're around people that you think, ah, oh, that's a great, uh, Alice, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, babe. Don't gatekeep your information. Yeah, okay. and that come, brings you back to one of the biggest things of kindness. Be kind. Yeah. If you can't do anything else in this world, be kind. I've always tried to lead with that. And I think, you know, 
it's such a weird blessing and a curse, I'll say. Blessing and a curse. Because I think that sometimes I feel I do really try and lead with kindness and it can be a bit of a downfall in, in many circumstances because I sometimes feel I probably maybe get walked over a little bit <laughs> or I find it hard to stand up for myself. And I think it's sometimes in those situations, it's hard to remind yourself that being true to yourself is much more important than than kind of trying to be something that you're not like, I, I would, my example would be me as a boss. Yeah in inverted commas, because yeah. I, I even struggle to see yeah. myself as that. But I'm really bad with sort of being affirmative with with stuff. I'm very like, oh, don't worry if you can't get it to me on time. Like, you know, at, at your earliest convenience, just, you know, I'm not a very kind of like to the point person. I'm very sort of like wishy-washy. And in some ways, I think, I, yeah, I, have, I think I it's... coach you on that because you, there is a, <laughs> it, it, it's it's not about what you say. It's it's not, it, it's it's your delivery. And sometimes yeah. you do need to be firm. Guys, you know what I need? I'm pressing on here. I need that by 11. Doesn't mean Alice is bad. It just means that it's got your you 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 need it. It's urgent, and sometimes you mustn't make people take your kindness as weakness. So I'm kind. I'm naturally kind, but if I feel that you're taking the mick, I'll be saying, you know what, that that doesn't suit me. How you tr- treat me just then, that didn't suit or sit very well with me. That's not kind. And pulling people in to hold them to account, framing them up, saying, listen, would you like that? Really, that surprised me that you behaved like that. And it doesn't mean anything else against you or them, but you sometimes they need to be told. And that allows them room to tell and say, Alice, you know what? I apologize. I'm going through X, Y, and Z. But being the boss of your, your own ship, you need to know what does your ship look like? Who's in your team? And sometimes you have to ruffle up your team. Like in, with me being an Olympic athlete, I had a team around me. Yeah, I couldn't have my physio for that, my nutritionist. That, what kind of carnage is that? So guys, yeah, I appreciate that you're both not agreeing right now. However, I need to be in shape. Yeah, I will take a lesson from that. This could become my own personal life coaching session, eh? (laughs) I'll try not to make it. Uh, Look, my final question to you, um, I hope that people listening have kind of got the impression and if they haven't, Lord knows what they've been listening to, but that you are sort of happiness and positivity personified. You right. are really my sunshine person. If I need picking up, it's always you that I feel I come back to for just kind of oozing in a very natural way Thank that you. that energy about you. Um, I'd love to know what your happiness non-negotiables are, the things that you have as your real non-negotiables that help you to stay. And, and obviously we know that there are obviously bad days, good days, Grey days, crap days, all yeah. those days in between. Yeah. But but for the most part, what are your non-negotiables to keep you in a in a happy and positive mindset? So as as people know that I'm um I love training. So for me it's training. I like to train at least three times a week, at least. So training, connecting with great people. I'm a big communicator. So I have a um some real positive girlfriends around. I have positive people like you around me. So it's connecting with people keeps me going, being able to say how I'm feeling. Um, journaling allows me to, uh, I journal often, daily. Um, gratitude, I show gratitude. I'm almost very grateful for what I have. I write down, that's the three things every day. What am I blessed for? Every night I put my head on my pillow. So they're my non-negotiable. Journaling, showing gratitude, connecting with people and training. And I love fashion. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Same. I love fashion. It gives me so much joy. It gives me so much joy. This is the thing. Above all Uh, else, if I'm having a crap day, I just need to put on a great outfit and I honestly do feel feel better. (laughs) As super crucial as it is, ladies and gents, I love fashion, fitness and food. 
<laughs> and sometimes it's just nice to hear that, you know, like sometimes when I do these questions and whenever I've, oh, I've spoken to lots of people in person and I sort of say, oh, what are your, what are your non-negotiables? And it's like, oh, you know, I have to do all these complicated and crazy things. And actually it's nice that the basics often are the things basics, that we really base, need to ground ourselves base. in. Yeah. And I love the gratitude one. I think that's a really one that I'm trying to work on is that sense of gratitude daily about daily the smallest, the biggest things, you know, whatever it is. Alice, so important, babe. I promise that's the one thing I would, and on a serious level, gratitude, concentrate on what you do have rather than what you don't have. Yeah, I think love it's that. to say concentrate on what you do have rather than what you don't have. You'd be surprised. I love that. Michelle, thank you so much for what has been almost like a cup of coffee for my Monday morning. It has just given me so much energy and positivity and I feel thank like you, I can darling. tackle my week now with a positive head. So thank you so much. Um, and we will leave your social media links and stuff in the um, caption below. So yeah, thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, darling. God bless you guys. Thank you. so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode i would love it if you could take some time to rate review and follow the podcast as it really helps others to find it we have a new episode dropping each week so this will also ensure you don't miss out see you next time insanity group